This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me extreme stress coach Christian Mojaiso. He is the founder and CEO of Observe, a company that helps extremely stressed people to deal with their stress by observing it for themselves, thereby enabling them to come up with a solution that is perfectly customized to fit their situation. Thank you for joining me today. I'm very glad to be here, Roman. This is, uh, uh, I mean, I listened to you speak on another podcast, uh, the Core Confidence Life podcast. I loved your story. I loved how you think. I'm super pumped to finally get to talk to you, man. Thanks. I appreciate you coming on. So what's been your journey like to get to the 2019 you? Some of the things you had to go through and uh, how did you end up here? Well, so, I mean, I could just start with my story. Um, so, I mean, I'm originally, I was born in Congo. Um, so, I'm, I'm, I'm originally from Africa. I spent most of my life in Africa. Um, I went to school in different parts of the continent. So, uh, a bit of school in Uganda. did a bit of my high school in Kenya. Another part of the high school in Uganda and then South Africa. And then... I moved in 2013, I left the continent to study outside of Africa for the first time. And I went to study in the, in the US, a place called Claremont, Claremont, California. And I was at a school called Harvey Mudd College. So uh, I went, that was the first time I'd ever been out of the continent uh, as a student. So as you can imagine, this was a major culture shock for me. Uh, I mean, I've watched a lot of American movies but American movies don't really prepare you for the reality of America. There's America in the movie and then there's America in reality, right? So the culture shock was huge when I, when I arrived. Um, it was one of these schools that's like, it's kind of like an MIT type school, a STEM school. So imagine you pick like the sharpest kids all over the planet in math and science, bring them to one place. So that was like Harvey Mudd. And, when, and everyone was like one of the sharpest students from wherever part of the world they came from. So when I got there, I was suffering from a serious inferiority complex. I, I, felt, uh, I felt that others were smarter than me. I felt that I was stupid in comparison. It was my first time being in a predominantly, being in the minority in terms of black skin. So I felt uh, just... I mean, it was diff- it was just unusual for me to be in that situation. I had difficulty making friends at the time, and just the experience uh, the experience at that school. Uh, I mean, on many occasions, I, I always felt that I was somehow representing the black race or black people. Since we're in the minority, I felt like when I fail, it's like a failure for all black people. So I put tremendous pressure on myself. And before going to the university, my dad had also told me, go there and make us proud, which he meant it well. But 
for me, it was just putting even more pressure upon me. Um, and then my grades began to slip when I was there. I kept thinking I was stupid compared to other students. I kept thinking, look, maybe I don't, I didn't even feel like I belonged there. I kept thinking to myself, look, this is such a prestigious school. This is a school for brilliant students. They must have made a mistake in admitting me to such a place, right? So sooner or later, I'll be discovered and kicked out, <laughs> sort of thinking. So everything just began to fall apart for me there, slowly by slowly, you know, because I, I began to, I, I had a couple of tests where I wasn't doing well, and I felt really, uh, of course, I felt really bad and really foolish, and I felt like the professors could see how mediocre I was, which made me not want to go to class, which obviously made my grades even worse. And then I reached a point where I'd just spend the entire day in my room, and just at some point, the biological need would kick in because I had to eat. So I had to leave the room and go to the dining hall. But I'd pull my, my green box, rush to the dining hall, pick my food and get out as soon as possible, hoping I don't see anyone I know. Because somehow I felt that all these people would be able to see through me and see just how mediocre I was. So I was failing on every dimension. I was failing emotionally. I was failing physically because I was just in fact, putting on a lot of weight. I was failing psychologically, spiritually, academically. It was, everything was just downhill for me there. And basically, I had managed to create a hell for myself at this school. And so I thought to myself, well, the thoughts of, well, there's no point. What's the point of living? If living is so much hell, maybe there's a better solution. So I went to, uh, things got bad, so I went to Google and uh, researched the most efficient ways to end things and the solution uh, I came I, I, that appealed to me was to jump from the top building so I'd climb on top of this building called the Shanahan building which is a, one of the newest buildings that Harvey Mudd had climbed and fantasize about jumping um, and the thing that would usually stop me from actually jumping was the thought that look Maybe I might jump and not die and become a quadriplegic, multiply my problems by one million or something. So this is kind of the thing that was uh, holding me, basically holding me, stopping me from, uh, from, from taking the dive, you know, dive to freedom, as I saw it. Um, and this was one of my first most intense experiences with suffering, because I was suffering and stressed. Because before, I mean, I was raised in Africa. In Africa, we have a good support structure, good family structures. Like, I don't know anybody growing up whose parents were divorced, for instance. So, but in this place, I felt completely alone. And at this point, I was just, I, I experienced a level of suffering I'd never really experienced in my life. And this is what, what actually sparked my interest in human suffering and stress. And eventually led me to found the company Observe, and the company specifically designed to help extremely stressed people to deal with their stress. Um, and this this event and a couple of others stimulated my desire to transform, uh, to end my own suffering and the suffering of others also. No, that's awesome. And I think uh, coming from that situation and putting a lot of pressure on yourself to succeed. And there's a lot of people in those kind of situations where like other people are depending on them or they um, feel like, you know, the world is on their shoulders to succeed. And if uh, 
they don't succeed, they, um, you know, end up, you know, turning to things and sometimes catastrophic stuff. My, uh, my brother's friend was actually in law school and uh, he failed out of law school and he had like, at that point, I don't know, like $200,000 of debt and he didn't know what to do. He didn't tell anybody and he uh, committed suicide and he hung himself two years ago. So that kind of, uh, uh, my, uh, my brother's friend, childhood friend. Oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah, and they lost touch, and uh, he found out through a friend, and, you know, two years ago it happened. And, uh, you know, I don't think his friend had anyone to talk to or share that, and he felt like he had no way out with all that debt, and he failed his family. So I can see how, you know, a solution um, like this is important in today's very stress-packed uh, world, especially in the United States, that's going, you know, super fast and a lot of pressures are put on you. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's really intense. Uh, how, because I mean, when you reach the point of suicide, it means your, 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 your life is so bad that you'd rather be dead. You think of death as a better, as better than being alive. It means you're really living in a, in a hell. Uh, and yes, this is a, this this is a major problem all over. And uh, even in in very in modern places, especially like uh, the United States, yes, it's uh, it, it makes sense because in our entire education system, uh, we are never really taught how to handle thoughts and emotions. Right? Because the stress that I was experiencing when I was at Harvey Mudd and the stress stress that I experienced afterwards was not caused by anything outside of me. It was caused by me. I mean, there were events, but it was my own internal stuff that created the stress. I was creating stress and suffering for myself. And the reason I was creating stress and suffering for myself was not because I love to suffer. It's just because I, I didn't know how to create joy and peace within myself. That, that, was, the, that was the only reason. I'd never really learned how to handle my own thoughts and emotions. Um, and this is true pretty much. I mean, I spent a lot of time in the US uh, as a student interacting with people of all ages. And I realized that, uh, yeah, they were just uh, not good at all. None of them really learned how to manage their own thoughts and emotions so that their intelligence was actually working against them, just to different degrees. Some people are just depressed. Others were thinking of jumping off of buildings, but still just uh, those are all manifestations of the same fundamental problem. Yeah, I agree. And at the end, it's kind of the, the outside factors, but ultimately it's kind of you versus you. So like your mind and uh, being able to reprogram it and, you know, make good habits and put things in place that um, that kind of change your perspective about you know, how you're living, what you're doing, uh, that you do have value. And uh, basically, if you wake up another day, you can change your cards. So obviously, if you take that leap and end up committing suicide, there's nothing that can, you know, alleviate that condition because your life obviously ended. But if you wake up another day, get up and try to do something positive or move forward in a way, you still can change, you know, the direction, the mindset. Yeah, that's right. So what motivates you to succeed? Hmm. Well, it depends. Success in what area? Is it like success uh, in... Because success looks different for me. Uh, it depends on in what dimension. So 
I think of external success, uh, which is success on the level in terms of business, earning money, maybe impacting a certain number of people. And then there is internal success, which is about my, uh, my emotional state. So in my case, uh, it's, it's pretty simple. I just, the one that I consider to be most important is the internal success. Basically, if let's say I were to succeed and be able to keep myself joyful all the time, I would, and let's say I fail totally in business and nothing ever works out, that would be fine. I'd be happy with that. As opposed to, let's say, if I succeeded on an external level, but I was miserable or unable to keep myself joyful all the time. So if you're going to talk about the success that matters to me most, which is keeping myself, being able, having complete control over my system, thoughts, emotions, body, to the point where I'm able to keep myself joyful all the time, because this is really my goal. Um, the driver for that is just that I don't like to suffer. Uh, throughout the day, and I usually fluctuate, right, just as most people do, between a different, uh, between various emotions or emotional states. Sometimes it's a confident state, and then maybe there's joyful state, then there is anger, then there's fear, then there is overwhelm, all sorts of states are in. And basically, I identified what states I want to be in, right? I want to be in the calm state, joyful state, ecstatic state. Those are the states that interest me. So success is having enough control over my system so that I'm able to deliberately create those states within me, no matter what is happening around me. And the driver is simply that I want, I love those states and I don't want the other ones. I don't, I just don't want to suffer. No, that makes sense. And uh, like you said, there's sometimes professional motivations and internal motivations and different kind of guiding compasses for uh, you know each facet of your life and yourself as an individual. What's one weakness that you were able to turn into a strength and you utilize today? Hmm. Well, I mean, I've had many weaknesses in my life. We're looking for one that I was able to transform uh, and turn into a strength. One of my biggest weaknesses uh, when I was a kid was the fact that I did things slowly. So, I mean, I used to be, I, was, I mean, I was, I was sharp, very good at, let's say, like, for example, I mean, mathematics, right? That's what I studied in college. That's really my stuff. So I was very good at math when I was a kid, but there were many times when I'd get bad grades on math exams and things. And the reason was because these things were, usually there were times and the, 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 the it needed you to behave to like answer questions really quickly, proceed very rapidly. Um, and that was never really my strength. I'm the sort of guy who likes to take his time to think through problems. I could take a long time to express an idea. And for a long time, I thought that was a, a big weakness because the education system kept punishing me for taking time to think and work things out thoroughly and continue to like ask questions. But now, obviously, it's turned out to be uh, my greatest, uh, my greatest strength because, well, not my greatest, that's presumptuous, but it turned out to be a strength for me because this, this patience, this capacity to focus on one thing for a very long time 
obviously is a key ingredient to mastering anything. And so now it's playing out as a, as a strength. Um, for example, I mean, I speak on podcasts a lot about subjects like human suffering. And the reason I'm able to speak about such a subject is because I've been able to dedicate a lot of time patiently trying to understand my own suffering. Right? This, uh, this extra time makes, in particular, what it does is it makes me, uh, it, help, it makes me, it gives me an advantage as a teacher. Right? So I'll, although sometimes I do poorly, one of the things I always excelled at was being a teacher. And the reason I excelled was because teaching was because one of the reasons was because whenever I was teaching stuff, it's stuff that I spent a long time thinking about. So I was able to really relate with the students' struggles and help them to figure things out. So that was when I used to tutor in math. But even now, uh, in different areas, as a leader of people, um, now as a teacher on the subject of human suffering, this slowness is actually a, a great asset, it turns out. Yeah, and it's, I think it's uh, the, the parts of your life, uh, you know, something when you're, let's say, 25 years old may be a weakness, but that same trait, maybe you're 35, 40, or later on in your life or profession or what you're trying to pursue becomes a strength in that sense. Mm-hmm. In terms of someone experience kind of extreme stress, um, stressful situations, what kind of advice uh, can you give for them to kind of de-stress or take kind of the first steps to reevaluate it and deal with it? Okay, so here's the thing, and this is really what, uh, what the cornerstone of Observe is, the company Observe. It's that whenever you want to, whenever you have a problem that's stressing you out, especially let's focus on some of the emotions. Something's making you angry. Something is making you sad. Something is making you feel frustrated, right? Whenever you're in, let's say, this kind of state, which if you're like most people, that happens to you often, right? Every day you experience maybe some level of irritation, some level of fear. You're always in this state. So, well, how would one deal with such a situation? So the first thing I realized, and this is what hit me, was that throughout my life, I had never really been taught to look at the problem, to observe my own suffering, to observe the fear, observe the anger. I'd never been taught that. What I'd been taught were things like positive thinking, right? Just think positive, don't focus on it or distract yourself in some way. Watch a movie. Uh, I don't know, pull out some pornography, that sort of thing. This is really the approaches that are commonly used. But it's very rare to hear someone telling you, hey, are you angry? Observe the anger. But this is precisely what I was able to learn was that I actually don't need to worry about the solution. I don't need to worry about how to not be angry or how to not be stressed. I don't need to really worry about, let's say, how to have great relationships. That, 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 is, that is already misguided. I call it the dumb approach. Instead of looking at the problem, you're fantasizing about solutions. Right? What I learned is that when you observe the problem, the solution naturally arises out of it. 
So if let's say I'm, I have a bad relationship with Roman, well, the first thing to do is not to read a book about how to have great relationships or how to fix relationships between guys. No. The first thing is to look at our relationship. Let's look at the problem. Yes, it's uncomfortable, but let's look at the problem. If I get, if I observe and get to the root of what is causing the conflict between me and Roman, getting to the root of it, that observation itself will tell me what to do. And the really beautiful thing is that the solution that comes out of this observation will fit perfectly to our relationship. It won't be something that was cooked up in a lab or cooked up by some expert. It will be something that meets our particular situation. So this is really what I, what I would say is that next time you feel angry, uh, instead of trying to not be angry, take some time to observe the anger. Sit down, keep your back straight to be as alert as possible, close your eyes to shut out distractions and observe what's happening within you. Don't con- just let it happen. The thoughts, the emotions, the feelings in your body, just let it all happen. Just observing in this way, whatever negative emotional state you're in will naturally help you to know how to deal with situations. Um, and the reason I'm able to speak about this with confidence is because this approach transformed my life. I mean, there, was, there, was, there were certain people I used to hang out with in my family and we had very terrible interactions. Mostly we were arguing, there was just bad blood between us. And then I decided to really observe what was happening. Actually, let me pick like a, a more specific example. So, I mean, throughout my life, I had been told that you need to be kind and nice to people. I listened to it, I valued it, of course. Yeah, it kind of seems sensible to be cool and kind to people. Don't be angry, be kind. But that was not the reality for me, right? Uh, I still was angry and I was still unkind to people. All this advice never worked. And then one day I got really angry with someone in the house and I decided to pay attention to the anger. So I sat down, closed my eyes and just observed the anger and the thoughts and the feeling in my body, just observed it. And I realized that my entire body was contracting. My nose was contracting, my chest was contracting, con- contracting, and I was feeling that I had the thought, I realized that this anger, forget about it being bad for others, it's just bad for me. That's it, it's just, it's killing me, literally. I could feel it killing me. And once I realized that anger is a state that is terrible for me, nobody had to teach me to be kind. Naturally, the solution came, the way I treated people around the house just transformed dramatically. No, I didn't have to follow a system, follow advice. Just observing the anger was enough. Suddenly, my behavior was different. I, was, I wasn't speaking to people angrily, not because I didn't want to annoy them, but just because I'd observed that the angry state is not a state I want to be in and is a state that lowers my intelligence. So this, this, this is one thing I, I, I would say. Whatever the problem is that is stressing you out, you observe it and the observation will tell you what needs to be done no i agree i think it's important to start with yourself obviously and don't go you know finding out solutions or like you said reading a book it's you know the solution is 
within you and understanding where kind of that anger, stress, uh, different, you know, negative emotions are coming from in order to combat it. Yeah, in fact, I would say that the solution is in the problem. But here's all I'm saying. Wherever the problem is, look there. This is all. If the problem is outside, look outside. If the problem is inside, look inside. There is no need to believe me when I say you are the source of all your stress, right? You might not believe that. It, it might not make sense to you. But maybe you're driving in traffic and someone, just the traffic is taking too long and you get pissed off. Right? As far as you're concerned, the traffic is making you angry. So all that I'm saying is meaningless to you. I'm just saying, look, uh, take a look at it. Or observe, uh, just look at the problem. Right? And then whatever is true will come to you. Right? Whatever is true will stand up to observation. And whatever is not true will fall away. That's all. No need to trust me. No need to believe me. No need to look within. Look where the problem is. If the problem you feel is with your girlfriend, then look at your girlfriend. Just, just observe her behavior. And then that observation alone will, will, will lead you to what is true and tell you how to act. No, I agree. That's, that's great advice and obviously kind of the core of self-reflection and finding the, uh, the solution to your problem and correcting different uh, negative behaviors. So uh, I really appreciate you coming on today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Mm, all right. Well, yeah, it was, it was fun talking to you, man. You, you're, you're a good listener. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So how you contact me basically depends on uh, why you're contacting me. So if you just want to ask me a question or if you, you want to suggest that I speak at a particular podcast or event, you, will you be able to add the links in the show description? Yep. Okay. So just go to uh, Roman will be, have the links, but just go to observe.host. Um, and then click on contact and you'll be able to contact me in that way. Um, the other reason is if let's say you've loved the ideas that I'm sharing right now and you want to learn more about these ideas, then there's, there's two ways you can do that. One way is just go to my YouTube channel. It's my name, Christian Mujaiso. The channel is specifically designed to help you learn how to deal with your stress by observing it for yourself. Or another way is just go to observe.host um, and click on the observe approach. This will give you free and instant access to a simple but very powerful method that you can apply immediately to deal with any problem that is stressing you out. And then the other one is just this, like if you are feeling extremely stressed and you feel that your life sucks, then for a limited time only, I am giving away a free My Life Sucks coaching session. In this coaching session, you'll get a crystal clear vision of the life you want. You will figure out precisely what is stopping you from having that great life. And you leave the session renewed, re-energized, and confident in your ability to transform your life. To take advantage of this limited time-only coaching session, just go to observe.host and click on free coaching. Um, and Roman will be able to add the links to all of those. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Roman. This was fun.
This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.